Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Marcus Heitcutter. Marcus, are you ready to do this? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on this show, George. Yeah, excellent. Let's let us let us do this. Marcus is the founder of RockwellTrading.com. He is a professional trader, a speaker, real estate investor. Excited to have you on. Marcus, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. <laughs> All right. So originally, I am from Germany, but I live in Austin, Texas right now. And you see, I have always been fascinated by trading. Do we have time for a quick story of how I got started? Please. Because, you see, I'm now 51 years old, so I'm dating myself because I got started when I was in my senior year in high school. Now, this was 1989. And this was back in Germany. So I read a book about trading and I wanted to live the trader lifestyle. I wanted to make millions. I wanted to travel the world. So I decided while I was still a senior to become a trader. Now, this was back in 1989 in Germany, and we didn't have any online brokerages at this point, like TD Ameritrade or Schwab or anything like this. So in order to open an account, you had to go to a local bank. And the bank in Germany to go to is obviously Deutsche Bank, right? Yeah. So I went to the to the office of a Deutsche Bank. I talked to a banker and I said, I want to open a trading account. And he looked at me, I mean, an 18-year-old guy with pimples all over his face. And he said, really? And uh, how much are you planning to invest? And I said, all of my disposable income. And this is 50 Deutschmark. That's the equivalent to $50, right? And he said, no, we can't do this. And I, I was very insistent until he finally said, okay, we open an account for you. So now he opened an account right there on the spot and said, okay, so what stock? Do you want to buy? And I thought, ooh, that's a good question. I didn't think about this. So I asked him, what stock can I buy for 50 Deutschmark? And he said, really? This is how you select a stock? And I said, come on, I want to trade. I want to buy a stock. And he said, okay, Volkswagen, VW, the car manufacturer, is trading at 50 Deutschmark right now. And I said, done, let's buy one of these shares. So I bought one share, one share of VW. So next morning, I had to go back to school. And I was super excited. Now, 1989, we didn't have cell phones or anything like this, right, where we could check quotes. So the only way to know how well I was doing as a trader was to call my banker. So during the first recess break in school, <laughs> I ran to the pay phone. Yeah, pay phones, I know. Insert my 20 cents, called my banker, and I said, how are we doing? And I said, well, Marcus, the stock is up to 50 Deutschmark and 20 cents. I said, this is awesome. So amazing. During the second recess break, again, I ran to the payphone, insert 20 cents, called my banker, and I said, how are we doing right now? And he said, well, the stock is trading right now at 50 Deutschmark and 30 cents. And I said, yeah, this is working. So in the afternoon, as soon as I got home from school, I called the banker again from our rotary phone, right? And uh, so I said, how are we doing? Where did the markets close? And he said, well, Marcus, the stock closed at 50 Deutschmark and 50 cents. And I said, I knew it. Trading is easy. So the next day, <laughs> the same thing. I called the banker during the first recess break, during the second recess break, and also as soon as I got home. Now, on the third day and my seventh call to the banker, he said, Marcus, out of curiosity, how much money are you trying to make with this stock? And I thought, hmm, I invested 50 Deutschmark. If I can make 
10 Deutschmark, like $10, that would be 20%. That would be pretty good. So I told him, I want to make 10 Deutschmark in profits. And he said, done deal. Come to my office. I'll give you the 10 Deutschmark, but stop calling me. <laughs> this was my first trade. And yay, it was a profitable trade. But uh, yeah, I quickly realized that this is not a sustainable trading strategy to bug your banker until he gives you the 10 Deutschmark. So anyhow, this is how it all got started. That's awesome. Well, who knows, Mark, is it may, maybe it could have been if you just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> right, I should have pursued. But you see, this is where I, I was 18 years old at, at that point. Uh, no, actually 19 years. And uh, this is when my parents uh, convinced me to do the traditional route, right? I mean, go to college, get a good degree, get a good job, work for 30 years in a company, and then you can retire comfortably. And, and this is what I did. So I went to college got a dual degree in economics and computer science. And after this, I started working for IBM. And this is when I realized after a few years, I don't want to do this. Right. I don't want to work 60, 70 hours a week for somebody and make somebody else money. And this is why, George, I really appreciate your show where you help people to to break out of this thinking. Because if, if you're not rich, you're making somebody else rich. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it 100% is. So tell me a little bit about now how, how, how all this has evolved. You, you, you fell in love when you, were, when you were a teenager and you read this book and you're going to make millions yeah. and travel the world and you actually made your first trade and then went to work and then you said, you know what, this, that's en enough's enough. I'm not going to be an employee anymore. And yeah, because I, I was working for IBM and uh, I, I was on the fast, tra fast track of success there. I, I mean, I was... Uh, within a few years working at IBM, I was on a path to become a, a vice president in mm. Germany. I mean, again, it's not a big deal because it's only Germany, right? But uh, I had a responsibility for what uh, IBM calls uh, EMEA, Europe, Middle East and Africa. And I was living the life. I mean, I was in my early 30s. I was traveling the world. I was traveling first class. I was going to Dubai. I was going to, to London. I was going to Spain. And but, but all of this had its price. I was six, working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and I, I just got burned out. And I, I never forget the moment when I was sitting in a hotel after a long day of work in Vienna. I mean, Vienna is beautiful. The hotel was beautiful, but I was sitting there at night and was it was dark because you know how in these hotel rooms, they, they never have enough lights. It always seems to be dark, right? Mm -hmm. And then, and I, I realized at home, they were celebrating a friend's birthday. And they didn't even invite me. Why? Because I always told them, oh, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm right now in Dubai. I'm right now in France. I'm right now in Italy, right? I, I don't have time. And at some point, they stopped inviting me. And this is when I realized, oh, my gosh, if I don't change anything, I, I will lose all my friends. I will lose contact with my family. And I will just be a corporate slave for the next 25 years. And this is when in 2002, I decided that's it. I quit IBM in 2002, and then I decided, okay, let's be completely drastic. So I moved all the way from Munich in Germany to Austin, Texas to become a full-time trader. Now at that point, yes, I made a lot of money, but I also spent a lot of money. Again, I was in my early 30s, right? And I mean, fast cars and flashy suits and all this kind of stuff, that was my world back then. So I only had $30,000 saved, so that's not a whole lot. So I came to the US with $30,000 in my pocket and $10,000 I put away for living expenses, which is not a whole lot. So right. I had a, 
huge uh, crappy apartment, a one-bedroom apartment. But uh, you see, I wanted to pursue my dream and $20,000 I put into my trading account. And I said, I thought, oh my gosh, if I can just focus on trading all day long, I will make millions. <laughs> no, it didn't work this way because in the beginning, I, I made a lot of mistakes. You see, I was a, in the beginning, I was a very emotional trader. Uh, so if I translate it to today, right, I, I would look at companies like Tesla and say, oh my gosh, Tesla will explode, right? And then, then I would like, look at companies like SPCE, right? Richard Branson's uh, space exploring company and say, oh my gosh, this is a fantastic idea. So I was a completely emotional trader and that didn't work at all, right? So uh, because, you see, I have the motto, trade what you see and not what you think. Because mm -hmm. when I was trading what I was thinking, I was wrong all the time. I mean, I mean, you could really create a hedge fund that does the opposite from what I did back then and you would make it, have made a lot of money. So I mean, this, this didn't work at all. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. So I, I think that, that I can certainly identify with, with what you're just talking about when I go and think about picking individual stocks and think, okay, my history of that is just terrible. So tell me more about trade what you see, not what you think. Well, this is when I discovered indicators. You see, when you trade, uh, there's two basic approaches. There's either fundamental analysis and with fundamental analysis, you're looking at a company, you're looking at their sales, their profits, you're looking at the EPS, the earnings per share, and all these key factors and trying to figure out whether this is a good company to invest in. I was never good at this, even though I have a, a degree in business. I mean, that didn't help me at all. So this is why I went to technical analysis. And with technical analysis, you're just looking at the charts. And uh, then you can use indicators, which you can plot underneath the charts, that give you a more objective view of what's happening. And here's the deal, George. I figured out there's people that are way, way, way smarter than me, that know stuff way, way, way earlier than me. And so all of the information by the time I get it, it's already factored into the prices. So I don't bother with news at all because by the time it becomes news, other people have already acted on this. So this is my philosophy right now. I'm just looking at the charts, looking at indicators, and then make a decision based on what these indicators are telling me. Got it. So from a fundamental analysis standpoint, that's where you say, okay, once I know something, that, that means that it's already sort of baked into the market and I'm not going to be able to, to probably make any good trades off of it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, we know that it is all unfair and that right now, I mean, we, we're in 2021. We have information available to us in real time. But honestly, by the time we get the information, others had it in even more real time. Right. <laughs> and you see, even if it is just an hour before, years ago it was that other people, the insiders, would have had information days before. But now it's enough if they have it a day before or even just hours before the public gets it. You see, this is where you, you see all these ratings, right? When, when JP Morgan, for example, says, oh my gosh, yeah, uh, Ford is a good company to buy right now. So why do they say it often is because they want to 
offload a position. And you see, if you if they already own a big position in Ford, how do they sell it? What is the best way to sell? Well, by telling everybody it's a great buy because the markets work this way. If I want to sell something, somebody else needs to buy it from me. Right. Now, when JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs or all these big guys are selling something, we're talking about million, multi-million dollar positions. So they need to create a lot of demand in the market. And how do you do this? By just saying, oh, we increase the ratings of this company by, <laughs> uh, I don't know, from buy to hold, or no, from hold to buy, or from buy to outperform, right? And this is where um, people go crazy, and then they are usually dumping their position. Got it. So tell me more about uh, about indicators. They're different kinds, how, how you use them. Yeah, you see, indicators, in the very beginning, when I discovered indicators, I was looking for the holy grail. I was looking for the the one indicator that tells me exactly what the stock will do, the one indicator that predicts what a stock will do. And then I realized it doesn't exist. Right. I wasted more than a year, year and a half, looking for that indicator. And uh, so this is when... I decided, okay, all I need to do is basically combine a few indicators. You see, uh, I like to use one indicator, for example, is the RSI, the Relative Strength Index. And I don't want to get too technical because I'll give you a resource later on where you can find all this information. Uh, but, but this is where I saw the RSI. If I just rely on one indicator, I still have some false signals. So I added a second indicator, with this, which is the stochastics. And so I wanted to see that the second indicator is confirming what the first indicator says. And this is when I thought, oh, my gosh, my accuracy is going up by not just relying on one indicator. right? And, and then I thought, oh, my gosh, if two indicators are better than one, what's better than two indicators? Yeah, three. Three indicators, Four. right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this is where I'm also using a third indicator called the MACD, the Moving Average Convergence Divergence. And I mean, all of these are fancy words for just squiggly lines on the screen. But uh, with these squiggly lines, it helps me to identify if a stock is more likely to go up or down. And here's the key. This is why I say it's more likely. See, as traders, we're playing the odds. We're playing the probabilities. We're trying to put the odds in our favor because losses will happen. The key is to keep the losses small and to let the winners run, to make more money on your winning trades than you lose on your losing trades. Because this way, I mean, you can make money even if you're wrong half of the time. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. So the idea is to make more money on the winning trades and to essentially cap, cap your losses on the losing ones. Right. So as an example, I really like to use the 2% rule. And the 2% rule means never risk more than 2% of your account on any given trade. So if you have a $10,000 account, you would risk 2% of the account, $200 on a trade. And you see, by keeping the losses small, if you think about it, even if you're wrong 10 times in a row, you would only lose 10 times $200. That's $2,000. I mean, that's not nice, uh, but you can easily replenish this. And then you know that you're doing something wrong. I mean, if you have 10 losses in a row, you, you know that you need to reevaluate your approach. Now, on the other hand, I want to take out twice my stop loss uh, out of a trade. So if I'm risking $200, I will take profits as soon as I see $400 in profits. That's it. So I know when trading, everybody says, oh my gosh, 
I want to catch the move where Tesla is going from $200 to $2,000, the 10x move. Sure. And you know what? It might happen. It might happen. But what is more likely to happen? That, that, a, that a company rises from 200 to 2,000 or that it goes up from 200 to 220. And you see, as a trader, I'm taking advantage of these small moves. Now, George, if you just apply this very basic principle that you limit your losses and you make twice as much on your winning trades than you lose on your losing trades, again, if you had 10 trades, so let me just uh, show you how powerful this is because this is really a light bulb moment, at least it was for me. So we have 10 trades. Five of these trades are losing trades. We lose $200 on each trade. So that's five times 200. We lose $1,000 on these trades. Now, the other five trades are winning trades. And on these winning trades, we make $400 on each winning trade. Now, five times 400 is 2,000. So we lose $1,000. We make $2,000. So after 10 trades, we made $1,000, even though half of, your uh, half of our trades were losing trades. And this for me was like, oh, that's how it works. Yes, I will have losses. Oh, I need to keep the losses small. And ah, I need to take profits while they are there. Because these days, markets can turn around on a dime, right? And turn against you. And this is how my trading turned around. And this is what I have been doing for the past 20 years. And it works. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so it's a function of determining what your criteria or really what your rules for trading are and then following them absolutely because the biggest mistake that i see with people who are starting to trade and i mean these days everybody gets interested in, in trading the markets is making new all-time high why we don't know but i don't care trade what you see not what you think right mm. but the most important thing is to have a trading strategy and a trading strategy is fancy for saying, okay, a trading strategy needs to answer three questions. Number one, what should I trade? Number two, when should I enter? Number three, when should I exit? And exiting, again, you're either exiting with a profit or with a loss. These are things that you can write down on less than a page, right? I mean, you can write it down in a few sentences, and then you have a strategy of how to approach the markets. And this is where I, I just put math in my corner because i mean math is money money is math right i mean this is where what i just told you is not rocket science it's kind of common sense but most people don't use it when they're trading because most people trade very emotional at least that's what i did in the beginning right hoping to have this one trade that takes off that makes uh, turns a thousand dollars into a hundred thousand dollars right bitcoin <laughs> yeah no i totally get it it's very very human to uh to 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 want to act that way and we need to do everything that we can to uh to 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 stop ourselves from uh from from being and acting the way that 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 that, that our brains want us to so i, I love right. it well, Marcus, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> the difference-making tip is if you are interested in trading, take some time to get a trading strategy that tells you what to trade, when to enter, and when to exit. Follow these simple rules. 
that I just said, limit your losses and take profits while they are there. Don't get greedy in the markets because greed is punished by the markets. So that's all I want to say. Uh, this is something that would have saved me a lot of money in the beginning if somebody would have told me, no, don't listen to these talking heads on TV, right? I mean, find a trading strategy that gives you a slight edge in the market and then control your losses because the winners, the winners take care of themselves. Focus on the losses. They well, I think, happen. yeah, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can people engage with you? All right. Well, uh, the best way is through my website, rockwelltrading.com. So uh, this is where I also have a, a free book that you can get uh, about the Power X strategy. So in case you need a strategy, you can do this. Or you can also follow me on YouTube. So um, it's really Marcus Heidkotter. If you can spell it, you'll find me. <laughs> this is where I go live three times a week and show you exactly how I'm trading, what I have in my account right now, the trades that I'm in, and uh, show you exactly what I'm doing if you're interested in that. Nice. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Marcus your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to rockwelltrading.com and uh, check out Marcus's YouTube channel. His name is spelled M-A-R-K-U-S-H-E-I-T-K-O-E-T-T-E-R. Thanks again, Marcus. Thanks so much for having me, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.